ready to throw down. Welcome to the show, everybody. Sales Throwdown. We are back. We are talking about, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, puberty. Um, the, uh-huh. the bane of every salesperson's existence in the fourth quarter. We're going to wait until january or after the first of the year right it's a common thing you're going to hear from people it's a stall it's a put off right but we're going to hear it and sometimes it is legitimate and you're hearing it in your conversations i'm hearing it i think we're all hearing it on some level so we're going to talk about how we're handling it how we're talking about it and all of that so i have it the easiest because i had people who were responding to emails and things like this, right? So they're kind of like raising their hand. They're wanting to have a conversation. But for the rest of you guys, I think it's a little bit harder, right? Because you have to go out and like get people into conversations and they're probably reluctant and trying to avoid some of that because of everything else that's going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what it reminds me of is um, in December, everyone's like, man, I'm just gonna eat because I'm gonna do a fast in January. And, yeah. you know, then I'm going to be on this fast and I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to be like, good to go. And in my brain, I'm and, it, and sales, the same thing, you know, well, I'm just going to wait because right now, you know, it's kind of downtime and we're going to start afresh. And well, that's baloney because you're either going to take care of yourself. You're either, you either want to improve your business. I mean, I'm in there for the sale to improve your business. So you're telling me you're going to delay improving your business or whatever it is you're gonna delay. Delay is just a wimpy way of saying, I don't wanna do this because it's gonna be a little bit of a change and difficult. So I'm gonna put it, and that's baloney. You know, just today I was talking to somebody and I was just like, okay, so we're gonna improve your business. Things are gonna be better in this area. And well, you know, what about this? I mean, people love to act like the solution is let's put it off. Let's, let's not eat the pie today or let's eat the pie today and not, you know, whatever it's, it's the procrastination of, of it is just the biggest excuse of stupidity. And I, I know that sounds not very nice for an S, but man, it's the truth. Like don't listen to that and, and try to identify the, the problem with sales is that you drink to use, Al's phrase, you drink their Kool-Aid and you go, okay, all right, gotcha. Okay, yeah, let's wait. That's baloney. Like, tell them the truth. Tell them really what they're doing. I mean, I about want to do that every time I talk to someone because people do it across the board. I, I guarantee each one of you right now, are think you can think of someone that does that same little scenario of, well, this isn't a really good time for me. Well, I'm sorry, you know, you're either going to improve today or you're not, or you're not, you know. Damn, just out of the gate, Nan coming in hot. Being grumpy sounding. Oh, that didn't sound grumpy. I didn't mean to, but. <laughs> you don't have to like S it up and walk it back. You're, you're, we're in the safety circle, right? You can talk smack <laughs> about your prospects. This is totally okay. Um, so like in that moment when they say, okay, let's meet after the first of the year, are you trying to book the appointment right then? Like, are you trying to get it on the calendar? Are you trying to do that? Or do you just kind of let it go and then try to come back later? How do you know? Like I said, I want to identify what's really going on because you're kidding. I, I don't think sometimes I think people say and do things because it just seems, it's just easier. It's not that it seems easier. It's just easier having to actually 
pick up whatever the proverbial moving to the to improve is just really hard. So to me, it, it's identifying. It's like talking to them about it in a nice way, just going, well, you know, really, how's that? You know, the, the old, how's that working for you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love that. I love when people say that because it's so true. Like, really, how is that working for you? Not usually working well, but it's just really hard for a lot of people to get motivated. So, so on the flip side of that coin, and we talked about this in other shows, you guys are slammed in like after Thanksgiving on normally because of all, you know, deductibles being met and people doing right. this. So right. there is kind of a good reason for some of these people to like, Hey, we're just too busy. Like, like we're not gonna be able to give this the thoughtful time. Right. You're just going to get a no sooner. Okay. I have a little different slant. I think everybody who has a sales routine should always prepare for this time of year, right? Whatever that prep work is, because what you do actually have is you have budgets that need to be spent. If there's money left on the table, if their fiscal year runs through the end of the year, that potentially leaves unspent money that they're looking for avenues for, right? Because if you don't spend your budget, guess what? You get less of a budget in many times the next year, right? Yeah. So you begin to justify what we're doing. So I, I think there's a way to approach this. And this is maybe a little different from my arena, but it, you know, what Nan said and what we all kind of prepped on, it seems to me there is an end of year play for everybody. But have you sat down and thought about what that is in your exactly. industry? You've you know? got a plan. Exactly. Do you have a plan? Are you muddling through the holidays and then it's muddle meets muddle? And I mean, you know, if you get out and, and Clint, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, are you not looking for people with budgets and people that have decided things and you're working your way towards the end of the year, does that not help from a pressure point on both sides of that equation? Yeah, I mean, most of everybody I'm dealing with has a budget end of the year CapEx expenditure that they're trying to either spend or they ran out in Jan you know, June, which is most people, they run out in June. And uh, oh. so, you're, so you're coming down to the stretch of, we, we don't have any money, so we're gonna have to wait till the new budget comes out in January and we get our, you know, our CapEx expenditures again. So. You know, in construction, I think we find a lot of uh, October, November, December is we're serious about this project. We're going to do this project. Oh, and by the way, this is really just a budget so we can get a funding approval for next year, which never happens. And you get drug along. So, mm. you know, going going back to kind of what Nan said, most people, I think, are procrastinators by, you know, just just by being born. I think we all have a little bit of that in us. And especially when any kind of situation gets stressful or hairy with financing, we want to put that off because nobody wants to deal with it. Um, and I say nobody, most people, I think. Um, you know, and when it comes to the end of the year, I've talked about it many times where when I plan for the year, I kind of block out that December, January in my sales forecast of just being crappy months, you know. And so I'm already planning for everybody to do that. So everything that comes in in December, January is, is really a bonus um, so you, so you really have a 10 month selling cycle is the, is the way I kind of look at it. Um, now that doesn't mean that like I, I'm the busiest I've been all year in the last four to five weeks with, with projects coming through and, and going forward, but I, I haven't, I don't have POs on every one of those yet either. So I could, I could literally fall into this category that we're talking about with these people. Um, for me, it's, it's a pretty easy sell when I have certain things like hey, every January one, all your equipment pricing goes up. It just, it escalates every single year. Your materials coming from overseas or even in house, 
everybody puts a, uh, even labor, right? People just naturally yep. escalate uh, and inflate their cost at the beginning of the year. So, um, you know, we push a lot of, hey, lock this down so we can lock in the rates and, and lock mm-hmm. in the, the pricing for this material. And that helps us a lot. I mean, I've got a couple that, I, that I've sold this last couple of weeks that have been because I've, I've said those things. So there's a few ways around it for me, um, but we do deal with the budget side a lot and everybody wants to wait. And I'll tell you, all it takes is um, you forget about how many things you budgeted throughout the year to all happen in January for when you finally have to start writing checks. You're like, well, crap, I'm, I'll run out of money by February. You know, because uh, we, we put this. all this on the table. Yeah. yeah. No, so, I, which so you, actually, you, know, you, you kind of become a finance manager for your customers at some point. That's what I was about to hit in. It, but it, it, it kills me that you, the people you do business with, because you do big money, don't have a better handle on their cash flow relative mm-hmm. to, you know, their borrowing capability relative to, hey, how big a project can we really put together yeah. that makes sense for next year, or the year? I mean, wow, these aren't little projects. And well, it that's, seems that's like- where the procrastination comes into play. And no matter how big of a business you are, no, how, you know, no matter how professional you are, you still tend to like, hey, I, you know, it's only June. I have till December to make this decision. December comes like that. It's a, it's a snap of a finger. And, yeah. you know, it's, we're not, you know, we're not 12 years old wishing we were 13 and it takes 15 years to get to 13. You know what it feels like <laughs> for adults here. It happens fast, you know? And, and so it's just, uh, I agree. It's one of them things where I think you really got to dig in and help your customer move the table along and make sure you show how showcase, how important it is for them to do that. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if if you're not involved at that level, this isn't a serious conversation anyway. And, and I, and I, and I kind of always say this for me, the sales cycle is maybe six, seven months, even out to 18 months long. So the sales that I'm dealing with in December, they happen back in June, July, August, September. And if they're crawfishing on you in December, it's because you didn't pin it down correctly in September or August or, or any of those previous months. So, you know, I agree. I agree. And that's why I said everybody should be a master of their sales cycle and they should know what, you know, you know, end of fourth quarter looks like going into the first quarter of the next year because our sleepy times next quarter. Right. But there's, there's the game plan of who did we touch base with? What pushback did we get? Where do we go in January? We have more time. They have more time. We find out what schedules are going on. And then we start trying to get in front of people and really set the tempo for the whole next year. Right. I mean, because we're talking, okay, who didn't get surgeries because of COVID? Well, we actually know that our federal programs are not like major med programs. So we know that we'll do Medicare because the ease of entry into these big ticket items is less. We'll put some of our federal programs. Then we'll, everybody's looking at who's not on a fiscal year. Yeah. I mean, those are real healthcare scenarios. And then obviously now we got to go bid with hospitals and our shift of what we get reimbursed. Right. So we, we fight contracts that during that first quarter going into the next year. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's interesting. And, and I'll give you a pretty good example of one I'm dealing with right now. Um, I, I just had a meeting with them about two weeks ago and they said, Hey, you know, we plan on using you for this job. We've committed to using you guys, everybody involved that, that same kind of speech that, we all get at some point in sales where it's, you got it, you got it, you got it. Okay. That's fine. Show me, give me the paperwork. 
Oh, I can't mm-hmm. give you the paperwork. So it's as good as a no in my book. And, and, and that happened to me. I've been working on a project, you know, just like six, seven months, just digging through the details and having meetings on meetings. And, you know, to the point of almost giving away a lot of free consulting at some point that they could just back out and go use somebody else. And um, one of their reasons that they hadn't cut the POs yet is because they can't bill until April of next year because the two, so to your previous point, doc of not, you know, not understanding their own finances, these guys understand it to the point where they know exactly the day they can bill it five months from now. Wow. And so that's, that's impressive. Yeah. So that's where um, the professional salesperson in you needs to know how does your company bill and how do you cycle your equipment through or, or whatever parts and pieces that you're buying and when will that hit so that we can match what they're doing. So I, I basically made them a deal of that's not a problem for us. Cut me the PO today. I won't bill you a thing until April. That's fine. I'm a big enough company to handle some of that expenses. But having this piece of paper on hand is the big, the most important thing for me because now I can lock in all the equipment. I can get it. You can do your planning. Exactly. You can be ready to roll. Basically, you're you're making me get, you're giving me four months that nobody ever gives me. So this works out better for me and I'll bill you in April. (laughs) Well, in in all seriousness, what's the value of that? That's immense as you go into a big project. It's huge. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you can put, a ton of stuff together and continue that conversation. So yeah, nice little nugget, man. If you understand their, their financial side of the equation and yours and couple the two. So you work in unison, man, guys, that that's thinking through the equation, man. That's understanding your sales niche and bringing two companies together to get things done. That's, that's what we're here for. Right. And on the other side, you're, you're always trying to build backlog. I mean, that, that is a sales goal. You, everybody wants to sell for today. Everybody wants the revenue for today, but you cannot forget about the other half of the business, which is backlog, backlog, mm-hmm. backlog, right? You've got to build that. That's the future of whatever you're going to do. That's you having a job two years from now. So if somebody tells me I can't bill you today, I can't cut you a PO today and bill it today, but I can cut you one for next year. I'll take that just as much. It sucks because <laughs> I don't get to put it on the sales chart today, but Buddy, that just gave me a job a year from now. I'll take it. Right. And- yeah, exactly. Particularly if you're surviving right now. Now, I understand the yeah. stress of I can't hardly make it through tomorrow. Yeah. But when you like you, you, you know, you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, you're turning one year, which has been a pretty shitty re- year for everybody into 2021. I mean, if you can log and find some value going forward. I, you know, I'll take it because we have it going on now because we can't get everybody into hospitals. Everybody knows they're getting filled up with COVID or, you know, other yeah. people with other issues. So we and, you know, and somebody pops a positive. I mean, we've had four or five surgeries just just in the last, you know, 10 days that have been pushed, shoved. I mean, Nan even said, yeah, they got canceled twice, you know. And so we're dealing with that low back pain and that surgical need or cervical pain, whatever it may be, will not go away. That patient will be back on the docket. And so, man, I've got a mental note every time something's getting pushed and I keep looking at my bank account saying, all right, we're good. We're holding, we're collecting it here. So you begin to, you know, really look at that diversification and, and, and look forward to next year when a lot of this will continue to hit. Yeah. And, and I tell you, the bigger the company that you work for, if you're work, if you're out there working for these big, uh, um, you know, corporations or publicly traded companies where you have board members that are looking at your finances, let's just say every quarter, they meet four times a year. 
they don't give they say okay great you killed it in the first quarter that's all great but what's second quarter look like what's what's right. next year look like that's what they are looking for that's their that's their money stream so, well and and you, you completely understand because they don't do dick you're doing the work they hmm. own the paper and and it's really easy to walk in and go yeah. what's this company that i own five percent or three percent or two percent which is a you know hundreds of millions of dollars what the hell are they doing what are you doing with your frontline people what are your salespeople doing i mean it, yeah well welcome to the catbird seat that screws every working sales guy that's yeah. out there right i mean yeah and it's a it's a tough one uh you know it's a tough one for me because one i'm always trying to keep guys in the field to work and i don't ever want to see them laid off because i had a crappy sales month i mean that that's a heartbreaker for me you know to know that i still have a job while those guys are going home i mean that's what that's to me that's what it's always in the back of my head that's what i'm always gearing all of everything i do when i when i see people start getting released from work because we didn't have jobs Mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot of things to it may not be that we have the jobs but do we have them now you know yeah we're gonna have them in a month from now but i don't have work for them for the next month and you see those guys go away and then you know that's that's a heartbreaker for me so not only is it just backlog because of board members and money, it's also backlog because you're trying to keep people busy and people on staff. And um, yeah, sales today are awesome. And, but you got to fill those ups and down curves in your, in your sales pipeline and time things out. And it is, you know, sales is not just a, I take people golfing all day as much as everybody would like to think that that's what it is. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it can be just that. But man, there's a lot more to it. I can tell you, you know, if you're out there just starting sales, you got to look at the, you got to look at the big, you're, you are the big picture. Well, it's funny because I work at such a lower range than, than y'all two do that, you know, if somebody's like, Hey, let's talk in April, I'll be ready to do this in April. Like I'm writing you off. Cause it's just so far in advance. And the, and the people that I'm normally working with are, are at a level to where they're, they're, they are, they can't forecast that far out. Right. Um, and so I liked the thing that you guys were talking about a second ago that I really liked was like asking enough questions to understand how their fiscal year runs. Right. Because not everybody does a January to December. Right. So it might be like November to November. Right. So it could be December is like the best time to have these kinds of conversations. Right. But you have to go and probe deep enough to really understand what's going on inside of, of the organizations that you're calling on. Real quick, if you're watching this, right, or if you're listening and you want to see Clint get really mad every four minutes, his light turns off because it's on a timer. I'm, gonna go, I'm just going to go ahead and get it off timer right now. Exactly. Okay, so so <laughs> if you want to see uh, a massive effort of trying not to lose their mind, uh, go watch us on YouTube, like and subscribe, comment yeah. how you're going to handle these kinds of stalls, right, when you hear them in your conversations. So that way we can talk about it and all learn together. Um, I love it. Every time the light goes off, I see that flash of anger in his, in his eyes. And I'm like, man, if you're not watching this, like, like you're not seeing the tightrope walk of Clint Bigelow trying to not get mad. (laughs) But John, you brought up, I mean, to get back on topic uh, for another minute or two, do you understand that if a salesperson walked in and asked some of the questions, if you're in transition, right, you, you don't have a sales job or you're moving from one company to the next, please listen to what we're talking about. Because if somebody walked into my office and said, tell me about your fiscal year or, hey, I'm here for the sales interview. But what I want to know is, you know, how does money, inter- you know, 
ask the right questions, I guess yeah. is where I'm going oh, with yeah. that. Yeah. Sit down and try to get some business acumen put together instead of talking about how you'll knock on every door. Well, okay, great. But during that conversation, right, while you're highlighting who you are and your capabilities, dig into what is the financial structure? What does quarter after quarter look like? What's your sales cycle? I mean, how good are you at interviewing for maybe the greatest opportunity of your life, right? Because remember, if you're even half asset sales and you're not and you're getting better one percent by every quarter, you're you're gonna be amazing one day, right? So dig into the business side of sales, take whatever knock door knocking acumen you have and put it into the business side of that equation and go and rock the world, man. Yeah, because it's, it's a good point because almost all sales training, uh, I think that we've all been through or even that you just get those little glimpse on, um, you know, YouTube, if you do kind of stuff like that, where you're looking up knowledge, they all will tell you discovery, discovery, right? You, you got to go learn about your customer. And, and I think uh, 90% of the time we look at it as a personality thing. Oh, do they like to golf? Do they like to eat at this restaurant? What kind of food do they like? What do their kids do? We, we try to learn all that and that's what we think of discovery. But for me, it's the business acumen of what you just said, doc is like, I, I got to know your business. I got to know your sales cycle. When you, when you expect this to be done to me, that's discovery. And when you get to that level, people trust you and they, they understand that you have a different understanding than, than your competition a little bit. And I'm not even talking to, again, you hit on a good point. That would be whoever you're sailing to. I'm talking about whoever you're interviewing with, right? Am I with IBM? Am I oh, with yeah. Microsoft? Am I with a, a real estate company? Am I with a construction company? What do those, what do those cycles of revenue look like? And guys, you get on Google, you can find out anything before you go to a, your next interview. If you're, if you're looking at, hell, I'm about to be like no unemployment. I got to really hit the streets again and find something to sell. Well, if I was selling hot dogs, I'd figure out what the biggest month of hot dog sales was, right? And I would look at like other trends. I would assume it's spring and fall and not the middle of August in Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah, you can make a, a, an assumption, but think through that equation as you sit before maybe your next sales manager or an RVP that's hiring you in and be able to chew the fat on their economics of their business. Yeah. Right. And, and people like that love to explain. Oh, they you don't have that. You, right? If you just yeah. ask a question, they'll run it at you. Then exactly. the listening skills come in, right? Yep. You know, suck that up and then dole that back at them. Hey, I heard you say that, you know, and, and then time that to when you're sitting in that chair trying to get that job. Well, it's, it's January. And I understand you telling me, look, the first quarter is kind of slow in healthcare sales. Sounds like that might be a great opportunity for me to catch some of these guys that are the big ticket items that aren't seeing as many patients. They'll have more time for me to kind of come in. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Guys, you could frame this up and they would literally get on their knees for you. Right. I, I, I love that we uh, have kind of pivoted to this idea of like, if you're trying to do uh, like a job change, right? Because when you can show up and you can ask those kinds of questions with the person that you're interviewing with, and you're trying to get that depth of like understanding about like what the role is and why other people have, uh, you know, struggled and what do the successful people do and what kind of stuff are you running into? Because you've got that that level of curiosity because you want that clarity. It it also kind of just informs this person that you're, that you're interviewing with it. I mean, if they're savvy, that you're going to be 
doing that same kind of process with your clients. Well, and let me, let me put a little bit of a break on that. If you're sitting in front of a high D, you need to ask him what he expects out of his best performer given this time of year and what his sales cycle, what he, and just simply say, what's your lead dog? What do you want out of him? And I don't know if this is the upside and, and bring that cycle in, in a real like subservient way, right. And drop it on him that you're talking business cycle and what do leaders do during the downtimes? Cause we can all figure it out for the uptimes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So got, keep that in the back of your mind. Don't overplay that hand. You're not the whiz kid. You don't know <laughs> shit about their business. So don't come in and tell them how the cow ate the cabbage, ask them, pertinent questions and let them tell you so you know that the ex- where the expectations are sitting and then walk into being able to fulfill them or run like hell because you can't do it and you're going to be busted out and end up with another job search on your hands. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to keep beating this up a little bit because it, it is an interesting topic. It's almost a whole nother topic we should probably talk about at some point. But uh, I, I think back to uh, one of the things that somebody taught me during an interview that is one of my favorite things in this is just you know, how do you guys do this? They answer it. And then you say the simple thing of, do you like the way that works? And they're going to tell you so many things and you just just listen. Right. And you do the same thing with your customers. Okay. How do you do it now? Do you like the way you do it now? No, I hate the way I do it now. Okay. How would you like to see it done? I mean, they're telling you everything you need to know to do the job that they're hiring you to do. And you can do that in sales. You can do it in an interview. You can do it so many different ways. I, I, that second question, right? Hey, would it make sense to chat? Maybe in January. Okay, when in January, right? That second question, how do you guys do that? Well, we do it this way. How's that working? Well, we don't really like it, right? It's always the second question yeah. that you actually solidify your footing as, like, as to who you are and why you're there. It's a good right? point. Because these, these salespeople who, great point, yeah. who were just so hungry for like any opportunity, then they don't ask that question, right? Because if they hear something that works in their favor, they just jump on it, right? And trying to sink their teeth in and they don't have right the right footing. They don't have enough knowledge and you look like a salesperson. So it's really easy to ignore you and treat you like a salesperson. But when you can ask that, that second question, right? Can we talk about budget? Sure. Like in round numbers, what do you think this looks like? Yeah, $25,000, right? If that, if that fits your budget, like don't start fist pumping yet. Okay, how'd you come up with that number? Right. Like, like the salesperson who just wants to make a sale doesn't ask that question. The person yeah. who wants to understand the expectations and the deliverables and what a success really look like and all these things, which is what your clients really want to be on the same page with you about. Like, because you know what, at. and you know what they begin to think this guy really wants to make sure his product fits me. Right. I mean, you get a little bit of that where, all right, the guy's asking, I, you know, yeah, I'm feeling comfortable talking to him more about, what my needs are so that we make sure this is a good deal. Yep. And at that point, you can actually use that whenever they kind of, you know, Hey, I'm, I, you know, my intent here is to understand, is this the best fit for you? Yeah. And, and I, I hear this uh, a lot because I, 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 so many people have been through so much leadership training and sales training at this time. And does that damn <laughs> there it is four and, minutes on the dot. <laughs> I'd take a deep breath on that one. Uh, <laughs> hey, Clint, um, do you find that disruptive? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Why? I, uh, yeah, 
so so I do I do run uh, into this every once in a while where a, a guy will stuff that question though those second questions of well you tell me you're the professional or you tell me you you know you're the one that's going to be handling this and, and there's a lot of ways to handle that answer oh, yeah. um, and and to be honest with you the the playing dumb is just one of the best ways to keep that ball rolling down the hill you know don't don't give them one because you're going to run into free consulting instantly you're going to give in to free advice you you might even say the wrong thing that they don't want to hear so exactly you know so asking that second question i agree john is hugely important it's one of the biggest nuggets i think i've heard yet uh, in a while so but you know when when that question gets stuffed by a you know probably if i had to guess a high c or a high d is going to get stuffed by technical knowledge and just a you tell me mr big sales guy you got to really uh, be ready for that because it's going to happen. It's not all going to play out in this playbook. So absolutely not. Right. And the, the way that I think about it is like, if you're getting that kind of response, you don't have any trust yet. Yeah. When and, you tell and, me and, right, and, you're and, the expert. Okay. And, right, go back. and rightfully so, because you're probably in some beginning conversations. Yep. Yeah. You, you didn't get it done. Either bonding or rapport was lacking. You rushed something own that right yeah. do not run from it because it's a valuable lesson well, and they and they might be 100 percent right they they might actually be serious about saying that statement of you're the professional you tell me and i'll say okay just cut me the po and i will tell you how i'm going to do it all you know i just make that kind of okay kind of so a, you kind can of a you can say yeah hu exactly. humor humor throws in there a little bit hey man just cut me the po i'll tell you all about it and then you just kind of stare <laughs> <at them. laughs> i like i love how lightweight that is yeah, but I mean, it's I also it just kind of like. See, I didn't get it till you said it the second time, and yeah. now I was like, yeah, I mean, "Wow!" I, I said, it, "I, I even put it in. E I put it. I put it in emails all the time." Hey, man, that just way, whenever, like, whenever you're ready, cut me that PO. I'll tell you all about it. I love that. I <laughs> love it. I love it. I, I, I caution anybody who's a novice and doesn't, you know, own, <laughs> own those. Don't don't try that one at home without supervision first. Yeah. Right? <laughs> there is a there's a there's a major component to this of like picking your spots. Yeah. Well, agreed. Right? So because guys, man, man, people start getting Mack truck hit, right? If, if they start trying this too soon. Hey, walk before you run, guys out there. Do not be a player. Hey. You are a player. I uh, I run. I have absolutely. I've made a living out of those one-liners, man. When knowing when to jab those and pull out, man, I've yep. made a living yeah. out of it. A good, a good friend of mine, um, actually, Clint, you met him, Brandon. Um, he, he's an in insurance sales and, and they're launching this program. And uh, he's got some people and they've got this line that they really like because they're reaching out. And one of the common things in insurance is like, hey, we just renewed, right? We don't need to talk. And, and what they're doing in that moment is they're saying, okay, cool. Like this isn't a sales conversation. This is a business conversation. Would yeah. you like to talk about some of the concerns that we're hearing from other people? Wow, I like that. That's and I'm cool. like, that's, I'd that's I'd a listen. really good frame. Yeah, That's legit. Yeah. yeah, really, really, really like that. So, yeah. they, so, so in those moments when you're getting that challenge, because they're like, they're like, God, not, a, not another sales call. Like, I don't have anything to sell you because you might not even need anything. Yeah, because you know, let's let's talk about that a little bit because there's a lot of phrases that are overused now because it's taught constantly to yeah. salespeople, and just just because it's taught, you know, let's just say five years ago, that has made its rounds through sales conversations enough where it's okay. This guy's trying to frame me up here. And so you, you constantly got to be developing those phrases. You're asking the same question. Yep. The base question of what you're doing or the base reason why you're asking or telling a statement 
is always to get to a root cause, right? But the way you frame it and what you say, you can't use industry standard from 15 years ago and still use it today because people have heard it too much, right? So that is a prime example to me of getting outside the box and asking the same exact thing or framing the same thing, but doing it in a different way um, than everybody else is doing it. So kudos, Brandon. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I was I was really impressed, honestly, because because most a lot of the corporate sales stuff that I hear from people are like, oh man, I got this great line. It's like that that was not great. Like, go go use that a hundred times, and then yeah. let's talk about your results of using that line because uh, it's a little it's a little weird. Yeah, there's um, there's certain things you can say to anybody at any time, and they're a hundred percent effective all the time. There are those yeah. few things. There's no doubt, and even when they fail, they're still successful because you got to know, or you got, you know, you got some closure, right? So to me, it's still successful, but there, that is a very small percentage of things you can say on a sales call. I mean, it's so small. It's, it's a couple phrases, right? Um, but yeah, we went off on a tangent there. Sorry. It just, that was, that's some good nuggets in there. Well, uh, I mean, you brought up like a, like a really good point that like some lines always work and then some lines don't because, because they just get overused. Right. But the thing that I will tell you is that the stuff that works all the time, if you're not thinking about your cadence and your tonality and like all the nonverbal stuff that goes along with that, right? Your posture and body language and theirs, you know, and all of that stuff, you can do that stuff and you can do the things that work all the time. But if, if that stuff is not correct, your cadence and all that, yeah. it can still fail, right? And so then you're mad because you didn't put in the reps and the time and the, and the, and the repetitions to like really own that statement with the right like pauses and tonality and cadence and everything. And you're like, oh, this stuff doesn't work. I'm going back to the way that I, that I normally do it. Yeah, I, well, I, you know, the most common phrase that I hear is, well, you know, hey, uh, look, I'm not trying to, you know, I get these phone calls about trying to sell life insurance or whatever. And it's like, man, I look, I don't, I don't even want to talk to you right now. I, I don't have time or whatever. And it's like, well, who do you currently use? And it's like, I don't know, pr- Prudential or whatever the hell. And it's like, well, how do they treat you? And I'm like, dude, I'm done with this. You are, you know, like, <laughs> Well, because like, they, well, they're not even oh, oh. they're not even meeting you in the conversation, right? That's like, hey, I, mean. I don't want to like, talk to you right now. Don't don't pick up another but, baton to but try fi- to get your needs met. And to my point, like 15 years ago, when nobody heard that statement, that was like, oh, uh, well, I don't know how I feel about my other things. So it worked at that point in time. But like that the vacuum. question, like yeah. the vacuum, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, wait a second, though. But I, I'll even dig a little bit deeper. If they're calling you at your age versus my dad at his age for insurance, and if you're calling on the phone, it's life insurance or it's something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're if you're stabbing in the dark and don't understand the product you're selling and the audience you should be selling it to, man, you're, you're you know go back to, yeah. to, to to elementary school because that's not what you know. Hopefully, most of our audience. Yeah. Has, has sold something, right? Yeah. And, well, and, this isn't- and I've been sold, man, I'll tell you, I've had people in the last couple of years hook me up with some uh, life insurance policies and stuff because they start talking about your kid's future and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, you know oh, what? You got, you got a good point. Like, uh, you know, as much as I don't want to put that money aside right now, I think you got a good point. Let's do this. Hey, since your policy is over this umbrella, I need you to go take a blood test. Nope. Nope. You just fucked up the wholesale. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it just... I mean, it can happen just like that, you know, like you but had a good I, point and then you made me, you made me work and I'm out. Okay. <laughs> but I, I get, I get where you're coming from. But when you said, Oh, how, how's your prudential working for you? Who talks to their prudential agent? That's a dumbass question. I don't right? even know. I don't even know yeah. the guy's name. What are you talking about? Exactly. It's a brochure I get in the mail once a month. It, and yeah. it's a $50 out of my 
account yeah. every month. And I and got five hundred thousand, and you know, and my yeah. kids want me to die, right? And, and, and don't tell me once we make this deal that you're going to be any different than that guy. Agreed, right? So let's quit. <laughs> let's, so yeah, understand where you sit. It's almost better if you say, you know, this is such a bullshit call. But when you die, do you leave enough money to your kids, right? I, I mean, I have you thought that board. equation? Let's talk about that because whoa, 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 bitch! It's hard out there on the road. You could get whacked today. <laughs> Should we not discuss, should you need more, or can I get you the same for less? Simple conversation, right? Get to the crux and figure out it. Now, having said that, that was a little brazen of me, and I get it. I probably couldn't do that myself, right? But it could work. But you get where I'm going with this, right? Mm -hmm. What are you saying, and is it engaging? Does it not just reek of, like, sales 101, or are you like, hey – I'm a cool hipster or, Hey, I'm really knowledgeable about this. And I think you're, you know, I might have something to add to this. Yeah. You know, I don't want you running with scissors. Right. I mean, I'm just being me when I say this. Well, well and you got to always go back to, there is a nugget in, in sales one-on-one. I don't know that everybody teaches this, but they damn sure should. If you have a product and somebody needs it, it's a pretty easy sale, right? So if you know you have something and you know somebody needs it, I mean, this conversation should go pretty damn easy if you're confident in what you have and you're confident that they need it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's when you're trying to sell something to somebody that doesn't need it or doesn't want it. That's when we start playing all these tricks and we start trying to do all this stuff. And that's when it becomes frustrating for salespeople. They're trying to sell shit that nobody needs, right? And yep. that's, that's why we always say on this show, we've all said it at one point. Sell something that you're into. Sell something you believe in. Sell something that you want to wake up every day and do. Don't sell widgets to somebody that doesn't need widgets. That's not going to be any fun. It's not going to make you any money. You're going to be frustrated and you're going to hate sales. But but I, I but I but look left, look right. I mean, look at your house. Look at the TV behind me. People need goods and services, right? Absolutely. All kinds. Find your who's buying Toshiba TVs or who's buying. Who buys those items, right? And then qualify, 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 right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, otherwise you're on the Jordan Belfort rule of thumb in sales where you're going to knock on oh. six million doors until you sell it. And if that's your bag and that's what you're that's who that guy hey. is. That's what he wants to do. Then, Go right. get it. I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to do it. Yep. And Agreed. Yep. I'm the same. I, I, it's funny. Uh, there's another sales consultant coach, right? And we're connected on Facebook and his, his approach is completely opposite of mine, right? He loves to get in there and brag about how he followed up with a guy for a year and then he closed. And I'm like, and, and, and his whole thing is like, treat every lead like you bought it. And I'm like, man, that's a whole bunch of terrible sure. pressure in my opinion, but he he's, he's optimizing for something different, right? He yeah. he's, his big braggable moment is that he closes all these deals, no matter how long it's like, no. Okay, cool. I get that. That's what you want. Like I'm trying to optimize for something else, right? I want easy conversations. Hey, I have that guy on my team, that guy. Oh, well, I mean, I have, uh, you know, we have a, I think he's 62. He's been doing this 30 something years mm-hmm. and he's been doing it that way for 30 years. And if a bid comes in his door, qualified, unqualified, doesn't matter. He thinks we should bid this thing because you can't win it if you don't bid it. I mean, that's his mentality. Yeah. And now he has a proven sales record. It's, it's the hit ratio is so low. I can't even fathom that he's on <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it kills, it kills me. It's like, God, you're, if you really looked at all the stuff you do, it's like a 1% hit ratio. It's not even worth me talking about, but 
at the end Happy. of the year, that 1% hit ratio doesn't matter because dollar bills come in the door. Yeah. So if, if we got to do a bunch of work to get six million, at least I can project that. At least I know, you yeah. know, that I have to do X amount of projects for him to be successful in the year and staff accordingly or get rid of, you know, one of the two, but you know, it doesn't, there is no one. Clint, way. Clint, you just put a big chalkboard in his office and you, and you talk to him, <laughs> then you rub your fingers and you go, wow, I feel better now. Yeah. No, I, I, what I would tell him, which I probably do daily and, you know, we get along pretty good. I would say that that, that sound on the chalkboard is what you are to me, bud. <laughs> oh man. All right. So we're at time. <laughs> let's go, let's go out on that. Um, so just real quick, right. Uh, any nuggets, any takeaways from this episode, either talking about dealing with fourth quarter or any of the other stuff we've talked about. Uh, let's start with Clint. You got anything? Uh, no, there was a ton of uh, different topics in there. You could probably break it up in about four episodes, which is, which is fine. Uh, you know, we go back to the original conversation of fourth quarter stuff. You know, you got to plan accordingly and you got to know what people's cycles are, even especially your own. Get to know yours first, right? If you need sales in December, then you need to plan in June for those sales in December because if you're dealing with them right now on December 10th, as the day we're recording here, if you're dealing with sales, trying to close these and find them before December, chances are not happening, bud. Yeah. So uh, plan accordingly, I guess, is, is probably my nugget for that one. Okay. Awesome. Al? Well, if you have a book of business, any sort of business, you should be out and about this time of year, you know, saying hi to those clients, closing out the year, talking to them. Along the way, be looking at what next quarter should look like. Be looking at um, whether you need new light switches in your fucking office. Um, <laughs> be, be planning accordingly, right? So you're not disruptive to, to the other people in your sales group, Clint. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. You, you're going to be it's, – it's a great time to get back in front of some people uh, along the way. As in, and even you proposed that you should talk next year. I mean, that little nugget went, hey, I know it's Christmas. You probably don't want to talk about sales right now. Could we set schedule something in January if that works for you, right? Yeah. So you can start – I mean, always be selling. I mean, that's a cliche, but it, it's a real sense of get your reps in this, this month. Understand your sales cycle. Clint said it better than I could about that aspect of it. But if, if you know, if the social and our social – calendars are probably destroyed right now but in lieu of that maybe you know get back and visit your clients and set the tempo for next year awesome okay miss nan what do you got so there in my opinion there is it's really important to rest it's really important to have downtime but i plan for that i don't ever plan to procrastinate it doesn't there's uh, maybe there is someone out there that could argue there is a reason to procrastinate, but I don't believe there is a time to procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Plan. Always just, just like Clint said, I think planning is extremely vital in every aspect of our life, you know, even in sales, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Man, God, you guys are all really good. Hit it, John. John, you got to have anything tough, like, like tough extra. Follow, pressure. baby. I think we were on fire today. Personally. I know. If, yeah. if you don't have anything, then just be quiet. I mean, I have something. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> you don't yeah, have anything. So I'm just I, I, like, I was waiting. Al said, well, Clint said it better than I could. And I'm just waiting for the snarky, like side comment of like, mm-hmm. oh, that's not the first time or something like that. And he's no. just remarkably silent. And my I, world view I, is shattered. I soaked that all in. 
<laughs> um, so for C's, uh, you like to ask questions. So asking questions comes naturally to you. That second question is where you can really build some traction of looking like a consultant and an expert and not a salesperson. The thing that I will tell you is you got to work to make your questions light, right? Because like as C's, we take everything serious. It's black or white. There's not a whole lot of gray. And sometimes whenever we're thinking about the questions we're going to ask, they're too heavy. And so when they're too heavy, you're just going to get lied to. So make sure that when you're thinking about your questions, they're light and they're approachable and they're, and they're built to get engagement, kind of like what Al was talking about earlier. We don't do that very well out of the box. So go hang around with people who other people like to be around and try to figure out that kind of stuff. So it's kind of my- Wow. Yeah. No, John hit it, man. Go hang out with those people that do things better than you and, and you know, find the cool kid on the sales team and be his good friend. Buy him a cup of coffee and yeah, he'll show good. you the way. He Very will. Good, John. Very good. Clint had something he he put. I, up I, I do. I, as uh, as I was about to say, we're done here. This goes for all personalities and all salesmen. Do not neglect your your sales customers or your customers because it's December or the holidays. Just because you go on vacation, do not think your customers are on the same vacation schedule as you are. That's a good point. Make sure your back of your house is taking care of your customers while you're gone. Make sure somebody's got that covered. Vacation? Sure. What the hell is that? Well, Wash oh. your mouth out with soap. And you earn a vacation. If it takes you 10 years, you walk away and your shit's locked down. Because if you're just going on vacation, because it's that time of year, stay home and work. Yeah, Off I mean, the <laughs> clock. Off the clock. I'm being serious as hell on that one. Yeah. You vacation whenever you can but not at the expense of anything that you're working so oh, diligently agreed. for. Right. Yeah. 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 Vacation. Shit. No, it is. I had a few extra days. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's huge. Um, that's because it's such a big assumption. Well, everybody's taking December off. Some people are working, man. No. Right. So every damn day, know your market, know, know what's going on. Right. Ask those questions so that way you can be viewed as the expert, not as the salesperson. Uh, this is a great episode, guys. Like, I think there's a lot of value in here. Uh, to anybody who's listening, please follow, like, and subscribe. Uh, we're going to keep filming these things and you get to see Clint almost explode every time this light comes off. So like and subscribe. Um, if you guys know anybody else in sales who is struggling uh, with fourth quarter stuff, end of year stuff, goal planning stuff for next year, this is the time to plan for next year as well. Don't wait until January. Um reach out to us, ask those questions. We'll talk about them, talk about them on the show. We might just reach out to you one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, give us a text, 817-345-7449. Like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, so that way you can watch Clint explode and follow us on social. Everything is at Sales Throwdown and we'll yeah. see everybody if, next If you week. know a good electrician, drop them in the comments below. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you know someone who can get Clint a light switch, would you please God, our comment? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would sew up our entire game on this on this show. Talking about awesome. an anvil weighting us down. We will see everybody next week. Thank you guys so much. Um, good selling. Go go get it. Cheers. Cheers.